Hello, and welcome to this episode of Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. I'm your host, D.P. Lyle. Today I want to talk about a topic that seems to be popular among crime writers, and that's amnesia. You've seen it many times where someone gets knocked on the head and doesn't remember anything. But is that true? Does it really happen that way? And if so, how? And how do you use that in fiction? Now, as I said, amnesia has been a part of uh, all kinds of fiction for a long time. I mean, Jason Bourne, you know, in The Bourne Identity is the classic example. He had no idea who he was, but he knew people were trying to kill him, and he knew he had special skills. But he did not know where those came from. Interestingly, that character was apparently based on a real-life case of a guy named Ansel Bourne. Same spelling, B-O-U-R-N-E. And he um, was maybe the first documented case of true amnesia, and that was back in 1887. So life supports fiction, or, or produces fiction, as it were. Also, Agatha Christie suffered a very famous brush with amnesia back in about 1926 when she disappeared and was found in a resort treatment center of some type and claimed amnesia. This has been argued about back and forth. Was it real? Was it imagined? Was it a scam? What was it? Uh, It was probably real, but who knows? So, Amnesia has been around a long time, and it's been known about for a long time, and it's been used in fiction for a long time. Now, I I receive questions from writers over the last 25 years, and not infrequently they will deal with some form of amnesia. So, as I said, it remains a a very uh, common topic. In fact, the questions regarding amnesia, I think, appear in each of my three question and answer books. But one of the best I received, and I think it serves as a good jumping-off point to discuss amnesia and how you might use it in your stories, what it is, how it works, etc., etc. And so the question basically uh, asks, how hard would someone have to be hit in the head to be knocked unconscious? Is there a particular place on the head that you would hit someone that was more likely to cause unconsciousness, and how long would that last? And then, how hard would the blow have to be to cause partial or temporary amnesia? And what sort of things would the people forget in this situation? And how long does that usually last? And what sort of physical symptoms does the person? Well, that's a huge question. And obviously, amnesia and head trauma and all that is a huge topic. But not insurmountable, so let's talk a little bit. In medical terms, a blow to the head is called blunt force trauma. And it can come in a lot of different flavors. There can be simply a concussion where someone's hit hard enough to at least get wobbly and woozy and sometimes lose consciousness. It can be more serious in that there can be a cerebral contusion, which is basically a brain bruise. And this means there's an area of the brain where there is blood actually within the brain tissue. And then there's what's called epidural and subdural hematomas. I won't get into the distinction between the two. But basically, it's a blow to the head that causes bleeding inside the cranial cavity but outside the brain. So it's in that space between the brain and the skull. And as this accumulates, 
it can compress the brain and lead to deadly consequences such as stopping breathing and dying. Um, and that's the kind of thing that they do. They drill into your skull to relieve the, the blood clot or they open up the head to get the blood out and repair the brain as best they can, which is not easy to do. So these are various gradations, but they're all caused by the same injury, which is a blow to the head. Um, and how severe and what type of injury will determine the treatment. But in any of these, I guess I should point out first, this can happen with or without a fracture to the skull. You can have severe brain injury without cracking the skull. I mean, this happens all the time, um, particularly subdural hematomas and uh, cerebral contusions, brain bruises. Um, so how, far, how hard does someone have to be hit? Well, hard enough. You know, it varies from person to person. You know, you see boxers get caught with a left hook and they go out and they're on the canvas and they're out for a few minutes. Then they wake up complaining that, you know, the guy got in a lucky punch. That's a concussion. By definition, that's a concussion. And if bleeding occurs, then the guy ends up in the hospital and bad things happen. But typically, the guy wakes up and is none the worse for wear a few minutes later. But that's a concussion, and that uh, that can lead to loss of consciousness. So just a left hook can do it, much less a 2 by 4 to the head or a baseball bat or a car accident or a fall downstairs or a fall from the third floor balcony. All of these things can obviously cause significant head trauma and can lead to loss of consciousness and ultimately amnesia that we're going to get into. Is there a particular area of the brain that has to be hit? Not really, uh, particularly when you do with memory. Memory is um, very complex. We don't understand it actually very well at all, but it involves a lot of areas of the brain um, and they the interconnections there is. You know, you start trying to remember something. Oh, 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 oh. And a lot of people use visualization. They will visualize something. Oh, that'll bring up somebody's name. Or they use word associations. Or some people even put numbers with stuff. But it's something that helps find the right drawer where this stuff is filed. You know, and the brain is a big filing system. It has all this data in there. And retrieving it requires... A cognitive function enough to go track this down and find it. So memory is very complex. So it really doesn't matter where you get hit, you can have amnesia. Okay, fine. So you get a blow to the head and you start forgetting stuff. Um, let's get anterograde amnesia out of the way first and then we'll talk about retrograde which is by far the most common. Antero means forward, retro means backwards. So anterograde means forward memory. Well, that's kind of a weird word. But this was uh, in the great movie Memento, and if you haven't watched it, do. It's fantastic. But this is a guy, for whatever reason, could not form memories. He would remember stuff for a minute or two, but then it would disappear. And so what this means is the brain is taking in information, it's taking in conversations, it's taking in what the person sees and tastes and smells and all of that stuff, but it only gets stored temporarily and in a few minutes it evaporates. It doesn't really evaporate, but what it means is kind of like looking for a file on your computer. It's lost the address in there somewhere, so these memories that are being formed cannot be found. And so consequently, the person at the end of the day does not remember things that are happening forward from the traumatic event, a head blow maybe. And so now he can't form new memories 
that stick. And so all the things that happen, you don't hold on to and you don't really know. And this is what made this movie so chilling. I remember there was a scene in there where, where one of the bad people was telling the, the hero of the story said, uh, I could tell you anything. You wouldn't remember it in five minutes. So it's, uh, that's very chilling. So this guy resorted, obviously, to writing notes, even tattooing stuff on his body, any way to remember stuff, because he knew his memory was very short-lived, and it was going to evaporate. Anterograde amnesia is extremely rare, uh, and it's difficult to understand the mechanism of it, but it happens. By far the most common is retrograde amnesia. Now there's drugs like a lot of the date rape drugs that will prevent memories from forming so you're amnestic for a while. Obviously if you go under general anesthesia and if you've ever received in the hospital, uh, they often use these for colonoscopies and other surgeries and other procedures. Uh, uh, Versed, Versed is basically a date rape drug. What it does is it prevents you from, from forming memories. It kind of blocks the memory production. But a blow to the head can do that too. All right, so let's say you get hit in the head, and it's just a concussion, it's an automobile accident, or somebody, you know, whacks you with a baseball bat, or you fall down and hit your head, and suddenly you can't remember how it happened. You can't remember anything about it. This is very common, that people lose memories for how the accident happened, what they were doing right beforehand, and this can go back a few seconds, a few minutes, a few hours, days, months, years. And, in fact, retrograde amnesia can go all the way back to birth. Someone may not remember anything about their life before the, the trauma. And this is kind of like the Jason Bourne effect. They don't, re- his obviously was psychological and brainwashing rather than a blow to the head, but it's the same principle. And it goes all the way back to the beginning where you have no identity. You don't know who you are. You don't know, they, a lot of people call these uh, fugue states. But you just don't know anything that happened before and that may go back as I said a variable period of time also you may remember nothing you may remember some things you may remember a few things you may remember them in scrambled form you may remember them out of order Uh, you may remember them in bits and pieces that make no sense this is great stuff for fiction because as someone loses that that memory they may not lose all of it and they can remember bits and pieces of stuff but they can't put the pieces together and so it creates great obviously stress on the character and on your investigator who's trying to get information out of this character that was mugged in an alley or whatever and uh, it becomes very frustrating because you can only remember bits and pieces and those bits and pieces may not make sense when you don't have the other bits and pieces that glue them together. So you see where that can go. So let's say somebody loses memory for, they can't remember, they can remember a few things in their childhood, but they can't remember anything of their adult life from a blow to the head. Well, as the days, weeks, months go by, memory may start returning. And in fact, typically it does. But it doesn't just bang all of a sudden, whoa, There it is. Everything's back, though that can happen, and it has happened. Usually it's in bits and pieces, and people start remembering, oh, oh, yeah, 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 wait a minute, I remember that now. And the police say, well, why didn't you tell us that before? Well, I didn't remember it. I was unconscious. What do you mean? I'm, I'm lucky I remembered it now. So it can come back in bits and pieces. And again, in no chronological order, it can come back in very scattered little snippets of memory. 
And that memory may be clear, it may be fuzzy, it may be accurate, it may be inaccurate, it may be confusing, it may be crystal clear. And it can be anywhere in between because memory works that way. The memory may return completely, so the person has a complete memory now for everything in their life again, or only partially. Some of it may return, some of it may stay gone forever. And so you have a lot of leeway when you're dealing with amnesia. And so it can go away instantly, it can go away later, it's usually retrograde, it's usually for a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. It can, the, the loss of memory can go all the way back to day one or it can go back a few years. It can come back in fits and spurts or all of a sudden. It can come back completely. It can come back partially. It cannot come back at all. So when you're dealing with this subject, this topic in a character, you really have a lot of carte blanche. You can pretty much write it any way you want. The person remembers or the person doesn't remember. Or the person may be faking amnesia. Now, this happens all the time. You know, people get caught doing a crime and the police say, well, I don't remember. Well, come on. Now, there's a street fight and there's gunfire and there's people fighting and somebody gets run over by a car and a bomb goes off in a house and all this stuff and you don't remember any of it? That's suspect, especially if you haven't been hit in the head and knocked unconscious. So I don't remember, officer. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember what I did. That's a convenient defense. But guess what? It can also happen. Traumatic uh, experiences do not have to be blunt force trauma like we talked about, a blow to the head. They can be something very psychological. And people will um, will uh, shut down when they see something so shocking that suddenly their brain just fries and they, they don't form memories and they start losing memories from the past. This can happen. Again, these often come back. There's an unusual uh, form of, I, I mentioned a fugue state earlier, and that's kind of like where uh, life is going on, but you don't understand it. <laughs> you know, you kind of off in a fugue somewhere, a fog somewhere, if you will, and, you, and, and, and things aren't real, uh, and you don't form memories of them. This happens quite frequently. One of the uh, things is temporal lobe epilepsy. Now, the temporal lobe sits in the... Uh, the part of the brain that's right around the ears, right above the ears on either side. And it has to do with emotions. It has to do with interconnecting memories. It has to do uh, with actions, with anger, with fear, with uh, the, the amygdala lives in there, which is kind of, if we had an id, that would be it, you know. And uh, it's, uh, it's an unusual part of the brain, but it, it controls, it is involved in memories and it's involved in emotions and, and it's involved in, in piecing things together. So it's an important part of the brain. Well, seizures can occur there. So what is a seizure? A seizure is where electrical activity happens in an area of the brain. Now, there, that's also a very huge topic, but it's a fascinating topic. We most think of seizures as what we call grand mal seizures, where someone... Um, goes down and starts shaking and frothing at the mouth, maybe wet their pants, maybe bite their tongue, all this stuff. And they can, to the uninitiated, they can be quite frightening. Um, 
and to the person that happens to, it can be quite frightening, of course, once they wake up. Now, they don't remember anything during the seizure because the brain is firing electricity all over the place and isn't really, you know, you're kind of out of it. Uh, seizures can also be local, meaning there could be an old a blow to the brain that caused a little scar, or there could be a tumor or, or an infection of some type, and it causes one area of the brain to fire so that maybe the arm starts seizing, it starts jerking, but the rest of the body's fine. So the seizure activity doesn't leave that area of the brain that controls that arm and spread globally and cause a grand mal seizure. It stays local. And uh, so seizures can come in a lot of different areas in a lot of different ways. When it happens in the temporal lobe, it can affect, as I said, behavior, memory, activities, and, and yet the person who is having a temporal lobe epileptic seizure may appear normal to the outside world. I remember as a resident, we had a young girl in her 20s who came into the emergency room about 5 o'clock one evening absolutely freaked out. She was in full stage panic attack. Um, and it took a while to get the story out of her, but basically... She left her office, which was right next to the medical center there in Houston. She um, went to lunch. And she came back to the office, and everybody said, where have you been? She said, well, I went to lunch. And they said, for four and a half hours? She said, what? She said, it's 4.30. And she looked at her watch, and she thought, oh, my God, she did not remember four and a half hours of her life. And not only that, in her jacket pocket, she found a book of matches from the Warwick Hotel, which is like up the street from the medical center and she had to her knowledge never been to the Warwick Hotel in her life so you think you think this wasn't freaky for this young lady I mean you, you go to lunch and the next thing you know you're a missing person and the next thing you know four and a half hours of your life disappeared well to make a long story short once we evaluated her and went through all the testing she had temporal lobe epilepsy and what had happened is she had had a seizure and gone into that fugue state where she went and did whatever. Uh, everybody around her didn't notice anything different because she walked and talked and did all the stuff that a normal human would do. But she, she was in the, the throes of a seizure and had no idea what was going on. So... Memory loss is a funny thing, and it can, like I said, it can come in a lot of different flavors, and it can come and go as it, as it wishes. So let's say your character's been hit in the head, and they have some loss of memory, and it goes back for a few hours, and they don't remember how they got where they were. They don't remember who attacked them. They don't remember um, uh, much of anything about it. The other symptoms that they might have while as a result of this blow to the head would be headaches of course but they could have dizziness their balance could be a little off they could be a little nauseated they could even vomit they could have blurred vision and they could just have generalized weakness and fatigue and a lot of other things this is what happens with blows to the head uh, their vision could be disturbed for a while and, and they could feel off balance you just have that feeling like I'm not steady on my feet I don't mean you're staggering and falling down though that could happen too that would likely uh, suggest a more serious brain injury than just a concussion. So you can see 
Now you've got this character that was, that was a witness to some event or was involved in some event in some way, some criminal activity, got hit in the head and left for either dead or left unconscious, thinking that was the end of it, and now they wake up, and so what does everybody want to know? Them, their family, and of course the police and investigators. What happened? What did you see? Who did this? What were the circumstances? Did you see a car leaving? Did you see someone else? How many people were involved? You can see there's a million questions that the investigators are are going to ask. And the person can't remember any of it. But as the layers of the amnesia peel away, they start remembering bits and pieces. And one of those bits and pieces may be what solves your crime for your investigator. How many times have you seen this? Um, lots of times in movies, you've read it in books and all of that. But that doesn't mean that you don't use it just because it's been done before. I always tell people there's only two stories. Somebody comes, somebody leaves. That's it. Somebody comes into the character's life, knocks it off balance. And the story is about them getting the life back to square one. Or somebody leaves and goes somewhere else and gets involved in something, sort of the stranger in the strange land. I mean, if you think about it, what happened with Brody in Jaws? A shark showed up. It came into his life. What happened with uh, Luke Skywalker? Two droids came into his life and brought him to Obi-Wan Kenobi. And off we go. This happens all the time. And this is how stories are. So there's only somebody comes, somebody goes, that's it. Well... Sure, amnesia has been written about. False memories have been written about. Uh, Sporadic memories have been written about. People unable to remember details and all this stuff have been written about, but not by you. So don't be afraid to use amnesia in your story. I just hope that this little brief discussion has helped you use it a little bit better. Now, put some, as always, you know, I put uh, my show notes on my blog and on my website, and you can go there, and there are some links uh, that talk about Ansel Bourne, the, the, the Jason Bourne uh, 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 person that Jason Bourne was based, based on, as well as his true story as maybe the first documented amnesiac. And then I put a link about Agatha Christie's ordeal, which is just fascinating. And then a, a, another article on what amnesia is and how it works and et cetera. So hopefully all of that will help you. So I hope this has been useful. I hope it proves useful. Uh, Carry on with your writing. Um, And until next time, this has been D.P. Lyle here on Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. As always, this is a copyrighted broadcast from uh, the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Until next time.